bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to the After Things podcast. I'm Adrian Main, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello. And Brian Brushwood. Oh, yes, it's true. Gentlemen, so this is the show where we talk about being a creative professional and being a creative professional myself. I'm going to I'm going to plug right at the top. I have a new book out, The Cure for Writer's Block. Um, it's 99 mm-hmm. cents right now just for a few more days. So by the end of this week, if you get this podcast, it probably won't be 99 cents. So I would get it now. Snap it up right now. Stock up. Stock up because, you know, winter's coming. And, <laughs> and, and, you, oh. and you may not uh, – you may suddenly find yourself with a bad case of the writer's blocks. And mm-hmm. there you'll be with blocks all over your writing appendages. And you'll be thinking, I should have been talking like a pirate and getting Andrew Maine's book. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to chop off my hand. And replace talk like it with that. an ebook. <laughs> a gentleman we have from Shannon, who uh, uh, lovelyly signed off her post as just another fangirl. No, you're right now. You may be the only fangirl who sent in a thing we to. I mean, she does. She does have a blog. A blog. Just another fangirl. Twenty sixteen. Dot wordpress. No, no. She's she's Brian. Why? Why? Can I get emails, personal emails from Jeff Bezos? And and and, and <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to take this away from you. <laughs> I have so little in life, Brian, and I have to imagine the rest. So I have not read this uh, this email yet. Have you guys already read it? I scanned it. Would Justin like to read it? Uh, Justin can. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought there was the pause where we had to uh, ask officially. <laughs> uh, so sorry. Go, go ahead. Keep going. Uh, so to start with, I guess I should say that my end goal is to be a writer. I originally saw fiction writing as an option, but over the past uh, while, I've started to look in other directions. I started uh, writing movie reviews to combat writer's block and simply be writing something. While I haven't really thought about doing much with these, a friend of mine is the manager of a local cinema and has asked me to write reviews to be posted on the cinema's Facebook page. After some discussion, we came to the conclusion that perhaps the best way to go about it will be to start a blog where I can have separate segments for movie reviews, book reviews, and short stories. She would then share a link to my blog post, only the movie-related ones, obviously, to her page. I would like to eventually be paid as a writer, both for my fiction and for my reviews, but recognize that that is something that I need to work up to, and for now, I'm just happy uh, writing and sharing things with people. My questions are, one, how do I get a mailing list going for my blog? I have a Gmail account set aside just for this. Is there a way to control that? I know I've heard you talk about using MailChimp, but assuming, and please correct me if I have this wrong, that I can swap over to using something like this fairly easily once I have more followers. For now, I just really want to get uh, be getting my blog out to people. Two, should I pay for a domain for my blog? I'm currently using a free blog on WordPress. The domain I want is available, but I got a little confused when I looked into it further. There's a price per year uh, and the charge to keep your details private. I can update, upgrade my current blog uh, without you losing anything from it. Would you recommend doing this right away? Three, how do I go about finding someone to host my blog? I've started using WordPress, but I've heard you people talk about having a host for your website and also hosting companies. Uh, one ad I heard for a hosting company stated that they can move everything across and all that. Is it a good idea to have a host and what are the benefits? And 
four, and this is a big four, how do I get people to my blog? I'm hoping that a few people will come across my blog from the Cinema's Facebook page and maybe become regulars. But how else would you recommend getting the word out? As strange as it may seem, I want to remain somewhat anonymous to begin with when it comes to movie reviews, as I live in quite a small town and really don't want people to read the reviews because they want to read them, not because they think they know the author. Uh, but I also want to reach a wider audience than just my local community. As I write this, I find myself thinking that I could contact some of the other small cinemas that are run by the same company as the local one, will make them aware of the reviews and give them the option, uh, the same option as their local theater is. Sorry, this is long-winded. Thank you in advance for the help, as well as any encouragement that I've already received by listening to After, uh, after Things. Yours sincerely, Shannon. Man, uh, these are really, really good questions across the board. Um, but I, I, I almost feel like there's a separate category of decisions. And I'd be curious to hear if you, if you agree with this, uh, Andrew. It sounds like Shannon is making that all-important leap of going from nothing to something. And I when that's the case... I feel like all the questions she asked, which are important and eventually will all have to be dealt with. I feel like, like you notice that the first three questions, uh, you know, are all stuff that eventually she's going to have to figure out. But then the, the number fourth one should have been, is really the only one that matters. Like uh, the answer is start creating because whatever it is you think that's in you, uh, start finding your voice. And the only way to do that is to do it. And, and then everything else You'll you'll figure this out down the road. I, I actually read this during the break and I made some notes. And I think that the thing that she has going for her is the fact that started from somebody with a local movie theater asking her to do reviews. And that might be the thing that differentiates it from the thousands, the millions of other people out there reviewing stuff. The Internet is filled with people reviewing stuff. And it's hard to be somebody out there going in to do this when guess what? World is filled with that. Where do you go in and do something different? And I would suggest that if your friend is the manager of a local cinema and you have an opportunity, why not try doing like a live thing? Like say, hey, we're going to do a screen. Like imagine if you said, hey, we're doing a Wednesday screening of Batman versus Superman. Then afterwards, we're going to do a discussion and I might do a podcast stream of it or something. And then I'm going to do a blog post. Start if you have an opportunity to be in front of real people, you know, if you say, hey, we're doing a discussion screening of this, be the host of it before introduce yourself to everybody. Say afterwards, we're going to do this because then you may have, OK, maybe not this week, 300 people there, but you could have for future movies. If you did something special like that in real space, that could be awesome because you go up in front of these people and say, hi, I'm so and so. I'm the reviewer. I do a reviewer section here and let's talk about this. That is gold. That is a wonderful opportunity, and I think that more people should think about how do you go do things in real space to capitalize on that. So if I want, if I had what she had in front of me, I would say to the manager, say, okay, can we do like a Wednesday or whatever sort of day that is the softest or whatever? Let's do a screening. We think of something special. We tell people there will be a discussion afterwards, you know, and, and you have to think of what that is, and she hosts it. Then she's creating content that's different than just doing reviews and she can build a fan base from there because, you know, what do we do after we see a big movie? We want to talk about it. You know, we want to sit around and tell people like, hey, this is really cool or this is neat or this is what I didn't like. And if you use that as an opportunity for that, I think that could be a great starting point. So think local, think local 
and you could probably build up a very big fan base. Yes, you can take your your emails that people have and then import them into into Mailchimp. Mailchimp has a free option. I suggest you get a Mailchimp account now and you get their sign up thing because it's super easy to just create. Hey, go here and sign up. Um, I've never used WordPress, the WordPress.com, but if you're just looking for a very easy blogging site, there are two options for straight up blogging. Tumblr, if you want something with a little more features, but it's going to, but you know, well, there will be a cost at a certain point that is Squarespace. But if you just want straight up free, use Tumblr. But between MailChimp and Tumblr, you can start something going, and then I would try to focus on something doing live. Uh, yeah, no, I think a hundred percent. I mean, to me, the 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 biggest thing you are you are thinking about all the the right questions. Uh, uh, to the easiest to answer are: Should I pay for a domain for my blog, and should I find someone to host my blog? Uh, number two, yes, uh, use domain.com and use offer code Scam School. Um, fifteen percent off. Number three, uh, you don't need to worry about hosting the blog if uh, you are on one of those other services. So if you're on Tumblr, uh, right now if you're on a .wordpress, then uh, then you're not going to have to worry about that. So uh, I would say, yeah, don't, uh, don't, don't, don't stress about the hosting, but certainly getting the domain that you want is important. And they all, they all have tools to, uh, to put your domain, your .com attached to that site. So even yeah. if you have a subdomain right now and you get a .com, they will have a tool to put it in it's the the tools that are out there right now are incredible like you know we first dipped into wordpress 10 years ago and then going back in there and looking what you can do with the with your own user install of wordpress is incredible just but insane. yeah but just for a straight up like uh the advantage of doing a Facebook page and posting it there is there's a lot of really good community tools. The problem is, is you've got to make sure everybody has the notifi- notifications turned on so they see what you're saying, which is why um, I Facebook for me is where things end up. It's not where things originate, you know, because of just the dead-in nature of that. And Facebook, at a whim, can change their algorithm, and nobody will see what I put up there, which is frustrating. You know, they, they want you to pay to reach your, the audience of people who said, yes, tell me more. But – you know, it's it's a whenever you're going out there and doing whatever else is doing, you one what Brian says, start doing the thing and see where it's, you can have an idea where you want it to go. But it's you know there are struggling, struggling people. There are people working, major critics for newspapers, wondering where they're going to work next year <laughs> because yeah. you know that's so problematic. But you have an advantage, you know, and and you yeah. could if you say, hey, I'm shy in front of people like. Well, organize them. Like, find somebody, like, go to the local comic book shop and say, hey, who knows the most about Batman? You know, who knows the most about Superman? Let's have them debate after the show, you know? Well, and, it, and, and that's a really good point, is is you can be a part of the experience. It could be, you know, the the Ultimate Fanboy Showdown brought to you by Shannon. And also, Shannon doesn't even get on stage. Somebody else introduces it, the two other people compete, and then you stand up and just wave at the end, maybe just remind people that you have a new review coming out. I mean, it's it, it, it doesn't matter. You could be associated with things and not have to be that other thing. Well, no, and you. what has changed is everything is audience-centric now. All the best things have always been audience-centric, but the, but, but the best things now, to succeed now, you have to be uh, – you have to know who your audience is and you have to know what they want and you have to know what makes them excited because that's what makes – them want to share things and when they share things that's how new people that are qualified to be fans of yours or read your writing or get it out or or build a distribution center uh or or you know strategy is built so uh uh 
you know, the, the, the great advantage that you have in building something is you have a long road ahead of you of understanding what the, the, the nexus between what you want to write and what people want to read is and try as many fun things as possible to find out what the explosive element is. And when you get that, you know, build around it. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, look for what, what do people want? People want an experience. People are looking for new experiences and things like that. And if you can, if you can offer that in a way that serves what you're trying to do, I do a lot of live talks on, I do a lot of face, you know, I haven't launched a writing podcast, but I've been doing a ton of Facebook live talks about writing and creativity because trying to schedule something and build up an audience is and scary to me, but just what I've got time to kill to go hop in there and chat with people is great. And that's helped me out. I, I've seen that the effect of that, of people who are now on my email list and following what I've been doing because I've been doing that and not with some big plan. This is what I'm going to talk about, but just say, hey, let's talk about this. And if you want to talk about movies or other things, find ways for people to do that and create a conversation and be the facilitator and then build your from there. So agreed. But seriously, go and buy that, a domain. Yeah, domain. but also good good on you for going, for for uh, doing something besides just talking about doing a thing. Do yeah, the thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it's sometimes the rewards in these things, you know, we have this idea that we want to do these things because, you know, we see other creative people doing this stuff and we're like, man, that's what I want to be doing. And their, their answer is that, you know, I get this a lot. Like I get people who email me or whatever, like, hey, I want to write a book. Do you want to co-write a book for me? And, you know, I have the idea and could you help me put this out there? And every writer gets this and it's and it's it's amusing because it's like it's, you know, like me going to, you know, knocking on Brian's door like, hey, Brian, um, I have a map. Do you want to drive? You, you want to drive? You know, I have an idea where I want to go. Do you want to drive me there and, and go there and maybe pay for well, I, I just figured uh, because and, and this is an actual thing that happened. I got somebody calling me um, uh, about a television opportunity and the television opportunity was that the guy had an idea for a show uh, and. He's, he's like, well, there's this development deal. I was like, well, what's the development deal? And and it's like somebody shot video of me once, and I was like, well, then what's what's your idea? Uh, how do I tie into this? He's like, well, I figured if you and me did a show together, you know, because you have that show and you've done this a whole bunch, then you know it could be really huge. And uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah. well, what's the idea? He's like, well, I'm this guy, and then you know you do all your stuff, <laughs> and so like you know if 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 your pitch is take something that exists on its own on its own and staple an unnecessary appendage to it it's probably not going to go over really really well you know you want to be well, but, the, a know, valuable it, part it, of it it reveals the 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 weakness in the one thing if you need to staple it onto something you know we're we're doing these videos now for the contender that hopefully we'll shoot next week and we'll start coming out soon after that where uh we have a a funny idea to kind of uh, wrap around the cards, right? So when we were thinking of it and we were trying to come up with ideas for how to showcase it, the the thought was, well, listen, let's come up with the best way that we can heighten the natural funny element of these cards. Because if we're trying to come up with other elements that are funnier than the cards, then we are not making the cards look good, right? Like we are just coming up with other elements that we are stapling onto it which would make the cards look weak and not something that you would want to buy as opposed to strong and something that you want to bring into your life. And, and that's something where, 
you know, those are the hardest lessons that you got to learn is, is looking critically back at your own stuff and being like, oh, wow, like I need to work on this. I need to do these kind of elements. I need to make this better. I need to make this different. Uh, and, and, and giving a realistic idea of where you are, uh, uh, you know, creatively. And I know that certainly all three of us is, is, you know, that's, that's something that we've had to do a lot. You know, the, the hard part, the, the fun part's the creative part. The fun part is really the creative part. And when you're, when you haven't had the opportunity to fully, to fully see something realized or whatever, you think the creative part's the hard part, but then you realize that, no, that that's the, the, you know, for, for Brian and, you know, me was, Going on stage and doing the magic, that was the fun part. After we practiced, after we had it done, that was that was the fun part. Getting to the gig, getting everything loading, getting everything set up, booking the gig, all of that other stuff, which is invisible. The invisible stuff is the really, 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 really difficult part. And you know, and somebody goes to Brian, like, Brian, you know, let me take, you know, let me let me partner with you on all of your success because you've already done all the hard work. And if I just partner with you, then you know, my problems are solved. It's like, well, that's that's the one well, you're not bringing a table and, and also that well and, and, and of course the real the, the real betrayal is that's what a lot of people think but the truth is no your problems are just beginning if, yep. if you jump ahead uh, I don't want to say that there's uh, one of the biggest deceptions in in success and careers and stuff is this is this perception that uh, that there are ladders and you start at the bottom of the ladder and you climb up the ladder uh, most of the people who I know who've made it big, have rejected that very notion. Maybe they did a couple of rungs on one ladder, and then they're like, this is dumb. Let me pull this couch over. Let me balance these two tables on top of it. Let me climb up here. And then, yes, at some point, maybe they get high enough that they're all like, hey, you realize you're equivalent to like this really high rung on this ladder? And then maybe they jump over for a little bit on the ladder. Next thing you know, they're flying in a space car. This is a terrible metaphor. But my point is, um, you don't have to... Um, uh, start at the bottom of something and work your way up. You can define your own path to success, but you got to do something. And, and that's why I was saying at the beginning, the biggest thing is going from nothing to something because most people don't even make that jump. They get as far as the idea of thinking they should do a thing and then they become all talk and then they manufacture this wonderful web of reasons why they never got around to doing a thing and they're still waiting on a callback. Well, I called Brian Brushwood. We talked like three times on the phone about this TV thing. So yeah, I'm in talks about this TV thing. It's like, it, it doesn't work that way. You've got to go out and you got to make things. You got to be having other projects that are it, part of it, your ecosystem. It is, you know, I, I, I get this about writing all the time. Like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, like I, you know, one is like people like, I would like to, you know, like partner with me, help me write this thing. And it's like, well, no, it's not, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I, it's not going to work. I don't, I've never co-written something. I will at some point, but I'm going to work with somebody who brings something to the table too, is that it's that you're asking somebody to go do all the hard work for you. And people don't realize what's involved. And I, I talk to people who are like, ah, well, you know, I want to, you know, like I see, you know, I, I would rather, I want to go with a publisher because I don't want to have to go out and promote. I'm like, well, guess what? You're going to yeah. have to do more of that with a publisher than on your own because you have to do what you think works and they're going to ask you to do what they think works. And so there's even much harder work. And the idea that you just create this thing and hope that everybody finds it is not true. That is really not true. A lot. I think there are there are people who think that you just do something great and the world finds it. In this world, that's not what happens. And and, and I've had people bring up examples. I'm like, yeah, but this person happened to be best friends with so and so who reblogged this, you know, and that took off. If that hadn't happened, they never would have had that success. Well, you know, because I um uh, I, I can't talk about behind the scenes stuff, but but recently there was an an extraordinary moment where. Um, I found myself in a position to make a call because I had an idea for a project 
and I was able to pick up the phone and and call a person. Um, you asked and, me if you could be part of my thing where you and I know, <laughs> No, but it, it was a case where it's like I had an idea, and on the one hand, it felt so unfair, where I made a call, and 48 hours later, it sounded like some things were happening. And, and I'm like, man, this feels wrong because this feels like the fantasy of what people believe uh, successful stuff is made out of. It's like, oh, I just have an idea. Let me make a call. Oh, now it's happening. But the truth is, it's like, no. The the person I called was the one person out of the 1,000 people I've interacted with on the yeah. 20 different shows I've done over all the different years out of the thousands of stage show. I knew that was the right person to call. And the only reason I knew is because I had met this person so many times. The idea I had, the only reason it was the right idea was because I had so many, I'm standing on a graveyard of failed ideas of me trying over and over and over again. And it's like, and yes, and the timing, the only reason I was able to call at this right time in the right circumstance and have the idea go somewhere is because it's been 17 goddamn years of me doing this and then and and when you wait 17 years you might recognize the right time and the right opportunity to make that right call but it's only because of all that wrong stuff that that you ever have a success and even now as i'm saying it the thing i was calling about very likely still won't ever go anywhere or become anything but in that moment it felt unfair, like I was leapfrogging, like I was doing the fantasy of what people think success looks like. And even then, I knew it was a lie while I was happening. Hey, but Brian, like you're 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 a guy that you have earned a tremendous amount of credibility, and 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 that person may know a lot of people that would go to them and say, "What about this?" And the answer is going to be meh. But you're a guy that's produced what we'd arguably call a weekly television show every week for like forever. You're a guy that has worked really, really, really hard into that. And so when it comes to you having an idea or a suggestion or something, you've proven your ability, your track record to follow through and make something happen. And that that credibility, that's one of the hard parts is you when somebody says, hey, work with me on this. What have you done? Well, nothing because nobody ever gave me a shot. I'm like, I had a lot. I had a lot of people gave me shots. You know, like my first big shot in magic was Rand Woodbury letting me help clean up his warehouse. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> that was that was my big shot in show business and feed his cougar. That's what I got to do. That was my lucky break. But it was it was I was able from going and doing that grunt work for Rand. I was able to then build my own magic show, go travel overseas and go do these other things because. I didn't go to I didn't show up on his door and like, hey Rand, would you lend me magic props and write letters of recommendation to me and also give me your entire magic mailing list so I can sell my own magic books? I got all those things from Rand. But after <laughs> you know you had, you had after, to pay your dues and you had to be you had to be a part of it. Uh all right, guys, I got to get out of here, but I love everybody. All right. I just summed it up. I'm like, all right, we're done. I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> Peace out, uh, man. I, I just didn't want to leave. I'm sorry. No, no. All right. Just, just, all right. just, uh, just pretend to faint, and uh, it will cover for you. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so what you're trying to say, so I could leave, damn it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, uh, man, uh, I, I don't know that we really answered Shannon's question at all, but instead you and I just definitely got fired well, up I, about I things that, that matters. I think that for, I think that every case you want to look at it and we've had a couple cases where people wanted to do video shows or things like that. And they had an opportunity to do something local. And if you, I go to, I, I go to, I went, I did WonderCon. I showed up at WonderCon to go do one panel, you know, and then to go talk to people. Because, you know, I, you know, I like to meet people in that environment. And because I know that, you know, going out there and meeting people face to face is I got emails afterwards from people that met me there and created new fans and people interested in what I'm doing. And I met people who are doing interesting things, too. 
for Shannon to build up her thing rather than be another voice on the internet, another anonymous person out there creating something. If you can go meet people in person in front of a movie theater or whatever like that and say, hey, I do reviews, I do this, we do these things once a month, once a week here, boom, you've got an audience and you can build from that. So I'll tell you what, there's a weird question where it's like, uh, how long, uh, the phrase fake it till you make it, I think, uh, is is a good sentiment wrapped up in a unfortunately disingenuous uh, uh, statement. Um a, a more accurate portrayal would be to uh, I, I I like a little bit better um, uh, act like the person you want to be soon you'll be the the person who you act like and at some point like um, for example and we've talked about this before when I first read Ryan Holiday's first book uh, Trust Me I'm Lying I read it because I thought it was somebody disingenuously revealing the nasty ticks, uh, uh, tricks and and tips to uh, that he used in his uh, multi year career running PR for American Apparel uh, and disingenuously saying like, oh, don't do these things because that's only how I made my career or whatever. But the last half of the book really took me um, to task because he, he goes on to to just utterly eviscerate the, uh, the 24-hour blog cycle and how easy it is to manipulate that stuff and, and how, how easy it is to disingenuously get, get stuff ahead by, by underhanded tactics. And it, it became clear by the end of the book that he genuinely did uh, seem to regret his time and the lessons that he learned uh, working in that, in that PR field. And he's now two books later. He's, he's wrote uh, 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 The Obstacle is the Way, which is a wonderful uh, introduction to stoicism, uh, you you read about Marcus Aurelius, and you you realize that the challenges you face as you try to get from point A to point B are their own reward. They are the own they are the solution um, of of, wh- of why you bother to to do anything. Uh, and he's got a new book coming out as well, and his recommendations are great. And there's some part of my mind, and forgive me, Ryan, if you ever hear me say this because uh, we're now we're now friends. Um, there's some part of my mind that asked like. Yeah, but remember how you originally thought he was uh, maybe disingenuously just, you know, revealing all this stuff? Uh, and then, you know, what if, what if he, d- he isn't really a nice guy and he's not really motivated by all these things and stuff? And the, the answer was, well, h- at what point does it not matter? At what point do we allow uh, him? In, in, the, in the case of thinking of, of Ryan Holiday, like, like, you know, we're now in the case where multiple years he's been nothing but a gentleman and, and he truly has, has, um, you know, uh, 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 other people's interest in his heart and he wants to do good by other people. But, but there's that first impression bias where it's like, yeah, but, but didn't you originally think blank or or whatever? Uh, and I think about that in terms of career growth with, it's like, well, how many years, because it's still weird for me, uh, Andrew, to hear you say, uh, for eight years, you've made a weekly TV show. And I'm like, well, yeah, but not really, and blah, 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 make, it, make some excuses. But the fact is, I, as you say this, it's now uh, April 3rd, April 6th, 20, 2008, was when Scam School premiered. It's been eight years and 400-plus episodes, not to mention any of the spinoff th- stuff. And I, I don't know. It's like um, no matter how scared on the inside I think I am, at some point you have to acknowledge – how many years do you, does it take of someone being a guy till you know it doesn't matter if they are faking it? Well, Brian, if you're you, uh, you're going to have enough self-loathing and oh no, I'll be I'll be that... I'll be seventy-three having the same conversation, sir. Yeah, it's 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 never going to set in. <laughs> um, you know, 
and but that's part of what drives us too is is i mean people you know it's people who look at us from the outside have no understanding how both of us are just filled with self-loathing and and you know how many times a day do i call myself stupid or just hate myself more than more than this smiling guy here you know will ever let you well, know. And, and, do you know what it is for me and i don't know that i mentioned this on this show uh, i think one of the uh, god i would love to track this down I would love to track this down. Maybe there's someone out there who has access to a LexisNexis account and can find the exact moment. But I want to say I was nine years old. So this would have been 1984, maybe 1986. Uh, maybe I was 11. Um, and there was some – you know what? Maybe, now that I think about it, it might have been close to when Tremors came out. But Kevin Bacon was talking about his long and storied career and – uh, people asked him what the key to his success was, and and or maybe it was an offhanded thing. I'm sure I'm misremembering all this, but I remember him saying, uh, "Well, I don't regard myself as a naturally talented actor. You know, you've got so and so, you got Tom Cruise, you got Robert De Niro, you got these guys. They're superstars. They could do this. Uh, I'm not that. So I figure all I have to do is just work harder than all of them. And something about the relaxed simplicity with which he said that, the idea." That you don't have to be born with a thing that you can compensate for a lack of it just by working harder than everyone else. Like that really stuck with me. And and what's funny is my self-loathing is so bad that I don't even want to compare myself to Kevin Bacon. Outside, you know, it's like, oh, no, I'm not as good as Kevin Bacon. I have to work twice as hard as Kevin Bacon does <laughs> because I'm so lousy. And so and so I, I I don't know. There's something wonderful about that sentiment, the idea that there there's other bank accounts you can draw on to and get ahead. And Brian, that's the secret. I mean, that's the secret is that like five years ago, I decided that I wanted to be a writer. And the problem was, is that I was not a guy that had been writing every day. It was not a guy that had went studied lit in college. I didn't go to college. I'm a guy that, you know, did not have all of the things that, uh, you know, normally went in for writers, you know, to become successful writers. What I did have, number one was, you know, I had developed an ability to analyze. I knew that I was very analytical, which was probably one of the reasons I hesitated to write. And I could break other books down and analyze what they worked, you know, why they didn't. And I was very good at developing processes to get better at stuff. And so when I said, well, I'm going to become a writer, I'm like, all right, you know what I'm going to do is, you know, I'm going to write faster than anybody I know so I can write a lot and I can keep churning things out, making a pile of chips. I'm going to do as much as I can. So instead of taking... 10 years to get to where I want to get to. I'm going to try to get there in a year. Which well, which is know. a brilliant thing because basically you're saying you're saying okay, uh you know, Stephen King wrote this many lines. He had this many good books, this many bad books. He says he wrote this many in the background. Uh you know, all I got to do is just get started. It's a, it's a matter of numbers. You can't go mm -hmm. through, you know, let's say I'm half as good as Stephen King. All I have to do is write twice as much in as, as as fast as possible and then I have a chance to to catch the the you know, the, the lower end of that spectrum. Yeah, I think that you if you have a process of improvement to get better and to evaluate things, you can do great work, particularly when it comes to things like writing where it happens in secret, it happens in shadows. People only see the thing that you put out there in front of them and you can make that better. And you know, before I set foot on the set for my TV show, I had been making dozens of magic videos and practicing talking to camera because I realized you know, years before that, that I wanted to do TV and that the best way for me to do that was not going to be by becoming a stage performer. 
I mean, I was a stage four, but not by pursuing that any further. It was going to be learning how to how to do this, how to Dude, talk. No, to no, no. You are 100 percent right, because and what's funny is there's different flavors of it that matter, because the way you talk up close and one on one for close up magic is not the way you talk on stage to project, is not the way you speak in sound bites when you're mm -hmm. being interviewed, is not the way you speak when you know someone has to edit it into a tight package, which is also not the way you speak when you're doing an interview format, uh, one person mic essentially kind of thing, like you and I are doing right now. All of those are different skills, and you have to start at zero with each one of them. How many, how many hours of finished footage had you produced before of, you know, scam school and other stuff before you did the uh, hacking the system available now on Netflix. Uh, oh, you know what? Let me take you back. Uh, since we're at the eight year anniversary of scam school, I, I I'm sure I told you this story. Uh, you and I first connected right as I was working on the failed court TV pilot for a show about scams and cons. And when you look at that footage. Oh my God, is it cringy? It's awful. I just want to share it with the world for how terrible it was because my sum total of experience of performing in that kind of environment was the day I showed up for the development footage. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're shooting it today. I'm like, okay, let's do it. And then they're like, yeah, just talk about this and explain that and do this other stuff. And they're like, is there a script? And they're like, oh, you know, you just, just, just talk about it, make it happen. And so it's like, holy crap. And so uh, scam school was born out of my frustration with that. But there was the year I had to spend in the wilderness. There was the thing got passed on. I was so upset. It was like, I want to have a TV show. I want to reach a lot of people. I think I have stuff to say that they would care about. And then it's like, well, let's make a list. What is it that the people who are those gatekeepers want to see in their hosts? And then one number one thing at the list was, well, they want experience. They want you to have already done the thing because they know that you could do it. And so that's why I created the Brian Brushwood on the Road series. If you uh, search on YouTube, BBOTR, just go through the back catalog of uh, of, of uh, my, my personal channel is YouTube.com slash scam school. I'm sorry, YouTube.com slash com, all spelled out. But all I had is a couple of super low resolution digital elf cameras that recorded by 320 by 240. It's a great double cha color change right there. Uh, and uh, the audio is terrible. But uh, but I did all the editing. I did all the shooting. We just sort of figured out what stories were happening on the road. Over that year, I learned that Brian, the editor, had a very different opinion of what he wanted from Brian, the host, at any moment. And so I learned to speak in ways that Brian, the editor, could handle. And then by the time that, you know, we got to... to uh, scam school was pitched. I actually had a few television appearances and this stuff to point to, and that made all the difference. And as far as the TV show, uh, I guess, I guess, I, I don't know, a hundred, 300, no, I guess like three or three or 400 hours of, of polished edited video at that point. Wow. That's really weird to think of. Mm-hmm. And, and working on what makes you comfortable in front of the camera, what you're, how you, how to be you. You know how to be the version that's you, and so there are corollaries to this in everything. In in writing, they talk about your first million year words that you know publish. You know after you've done your first million words, publish. I'm in the middle of editing a book right now that I wrote a that I wrote last year. I've written a million words since I wrote this book. Oh my gosh, that's and, amazing! And it's a and it's kind of interesting because I have notes from an editor that are like, "What about this? What about this?" And I'm in the mind like, "Yeah, that's good," but there's a whole there's a third way that's apparent to me now. And and it's it's a very stressful situation. But point is, is that you know 
my goal was to get better and better. And so I said, I'm going to do a million words a year. And that's not actually not a whole lot if you think about it. It's, you know, a little over 3,000 words a day. And I, but I was just going to just keep doing that and stop and analyze, stop and analyze, write a book, read a book on writing, analyze what I did before and keep moving forward. And, you know, I don't want to brag, but if you look at the reviews for Station Breaker, you know, you'll <laughs> see that there is a clear – and well, Public Enemy Zero has great reviews. And, but, and, I mean, but, but, but here's what's great is I have no doubt that you're cut from the same cloth as I am where even as you read those reviews, this is not I have arrived at the destination. You're like, oh, this is good. This is my latest benchmark showing that I've improved to this level of quality. My brand value and my fans are at this level. You know, I assume we're looking to to even much, much higher heights and, and much the, more enthusiastic reviews the exercise regime is working i need to continue you know yeah. that's that's the bottom and it's like you know if you're an athlete if you're an olympic athlete you don't win first place in your high school track meet and then decide you're ready to go to the olympics and that's you've reached the peak of what you need to do you say ah i think i can play this game now i got to figure out how to step it up and how to, how to devote every other aspect of my life to improving this exactly exactly uh hey man uh, you want to real quick talk about uh picks for all this stuff Surely, uh, yeah. you know what? Here, I'll go. I'll go first. Since since you did a plug for your pick, I'm going to do a plug for my pick. Reminding everyone that hacking the system, the end of a ten year journey, hacking the system in so many ways, is the um, uh, the 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 culmination of what I had hoped to do back in that. Way. Jason Murphy and I co wrote all of this stuff uh, for this uh, scams and cons show uh, that we pitched to Court TV. Echoes of it still survive in Hacking the System, available right now on Netflix. And it really, really matters that you guys watch it on Netflix because it's been hanging out on the trending list for a long time. And uh, uh, already we're trying to figure out what the next iteration of this bizarre journey would look like. I think that I want to double down on that. Check out Hacking the System. If you're on Netflix, give it all the stars. Give it all the stars. All the stars. More stars, the better. More stuff. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I got. It's been after. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.